welcome to season six of From the Rookery End. Six years on. I'm not gonna, hang on, before we start, <laughs> I'm still not over Sheffield Wednesday. My name's John, uh, with me is Mike. I'm still not over Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> and Jason. Hello. We are three lifelong Watt fans, season ticket holders in the Rookery End. And uh, these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. So your take on life as a Watford fan, Mike? Oh, I mean, it's obviously it's magnificent, but what? God, dear. I've, uh, I still haven't watched the goals from the Sheffield Wednesday game. No? I've got two copies of uh, uh, When Saturday Comes that I haven't looked at because on the front is a Bournemouth player with a championship trophy. I'm still finding that a bit difficult to come to terms with. But all joking aside, great to be back, isn't it? Yeah, I, I still haven't watched anything from that last day. Like uh, I haven't seen a uh, Bournemouth player... Holding a cup. The one thing we don't want to see from that day is the CCTV from later on that evening because there were <laughs> certainly a few beers taken during the day. Absolutely, we're celebrating slash commiserating. Jason, you're over Sheffield Wednesday. I'm over Sheffield Wednesday. Look, the, the sun's out, we're at Wimbledon and it's Lady Singles final day. The wrong Wimbledon though. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're this at- is a nice one. This is, this, is, well, this is everything that's good about football Wimbledon, isn't it? Yes, it is all that's the good stuff. Time we'll, be, we'll allow a tennis gag to pass. You've got it in there, Jace, <laughs> early. Well done. Uh, we're at AC Wimbledon today for what was pre-season game. Um, it is the 11th of July. Um, that might mean a lot because if we say talk about signings uh, and then about 50 happen in the next two days, yeah. that will say why we are maybe out of a date. But we're here and we're going to look forward because we're not looking back anymore, Mike. No, That's absolutely. the last looking back for the podcast. La- Jan- Jason's last tennis joke, your last looking back. Do you, know why, do you know why I'm really doing that? It's because I'm so excited. We were just talking, talking to Jack on the way here about Everton and away, and just talking about it, I was just getting ridiculously excited already. So I'm trying to temper my excitement by trying to be a bit, I don't know. What's realistic. Well, not realistic. I've been a bit of a pain in the backside, really, wasn't I, to be honest? But Five seasons in, Mike. So exciting. Nothing changed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so we're looking forward. And what are you looking forward to? That first, seeing Watford enter the pitch as a Premier League side, that, that when it becomes real, we, we know we got promoted, we, we did this, we've had the celebrations, we've talked about it, we've talked about the signings, but just seeing them enter the pitch, that lovely lush green surface at Goodison Park, uh, the excitement we've been building during the week, there'll have been talk about it on the radio, on the TV, whatever, and just seeing them set foot on the pitch as a Premier League outfit is, uh, is going to be brilliant. Better than that, seeing them enter the enter the pitch as a Premier League outfit with a chance of staying in the division and upsetting a few people. Okay, Jace, what are you looking forward to? Uh, d- Mike, that the finish to your your uh, little paragraph there feeds in nicely to what I want to say and what I'm looking forward to, and it's attacking the Premier League in a very different way to the last two times we've been in the Premier League, with the with the Pozzo's experience behind us, the players that we've been looking at, the players that we signed. It definitely feels different to the last time we were there and then all the other little things that are going on around the pitch and around the stadium the extra seats we are not just a, a football league club in waiting having a year out in the Premier League we are aiming to be a proper bona fide Premier League club we'll talk about what what we need to do to be one of those in this podcast uh, we aim hopefully by the end of, the end of this game we're going to hook up with uh, Jorelio Gomez uh, and have a chat to him about what's been going on how's his holiday gone when you say hook up, we're not going out on a date with him. <laughs> no, just have a, have a chat. Yeah. We're going to be chatting to Miles Jacobson, who has a big connection here with uh, Wimbledon and is a lifelong Watford fan. Uh, plus, we're going to have a chat to our, our Watford friends, our podcast friends who we meet here today and see what they're looking forward to this season. Plus, we've got to look at you know, what is this Watford team going to be like in the Premier League and, and all the news that's been going on at Watford since we were promoted. Trying to round it up, because there's been a lot. Oh, there's a lot going on. Uh, so much, we should get on with it. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Back in November 2014, Mike, Billy McKinley was let go after eight days of being Watford 
head coach. How did you feel about that scenario? Surprised. I remember I was actually at the Watford Golf Day that day and uh, yeah, just got back to see the news reports on, on break, broke on Twitter as most news does these days. Yeah, just really, really surprised. I think as, as time went on, as you actually think about it with a bit of clarity, you take away that shock factor out of it and you think, well, what's happened here is they've obviously made a mistake and, they, and they've acted. Not used to, to, to owners and, and hierarchies acting with such sort of clarity I suppose and that maybe sound like us putting a Watford spin on it saying it was the right thing to do but ultimately they've, they've been proved correct but really shocked you can't you can't not be shocked that a manager gets sacked after eight days it was it, you know, you say it, it was the right decision Slav Jakanovic came in uh, won a couple of football matches got Watford promoted therefore it was the right decision to make let's forward Ryan though to five months after he was put in charge he was also let go as Watford manager didn't re-sign his uh contract how do you feel about that one Mike uh, again surprised and, and disappointed because I, th- I think Watford fans connected with with Jukanovic because what he did with this team was he got them into the into the side the team that we wanted them to be um, he got the he got the underperformance performing he got the team playing as a team he got us winning at difficult grounds uh, and then there was that day at Bolton that, that I think everyone will look back on very very fondly where we against we made it difficult and we and we got the three points and he there was an outburst of emotion for, uh, with Jukanovic and it and it felt like that was the the real moment where everything had come together supporters, team and manager. So for him to go after getting us into the Premier League was it was a surprise and, and and a slight disappointment. But then if you look at it in the cold light of day, you look at it with a with a with a critical eye and you say, well, the guy they're not mucking around. Jason, you know a lot about football. Uh, <laughs> How did you worry in terms of Watford as a football team, Watford as a, as a yeah, this team that they've developed? How do you feel about Slav going? Worry is the right word. I did, I did worry. And those worries will still need to be uh, put to bed because we haven't seen... We, yeah, a late, a good word. A late, or because he's Spanish, ole! <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to the tennis gags, please? Sorry, a lot better. Um, yeah, you, Obviously, Jukanovic had, uh, had been there a short space of time, but he clearly got the team clicking, got the team working, knew his players, knew his squad, knew his tactics. The team knew how he wanted the team, uh, wanted to play, uh, and they knew the manager. And then, when that goes on the back of a period of success, you then sort of think, well, can we can we keep the momentum going, or are we going to lose the momentum? There's a lot to be said for teams going up a level and taking that momentum into the new division it's probably hard to do at the Premier League level certainly happens further down the Football League but if you yeah do you lose all that momentum and give yourself some issues when it comes to the start of the season are we going to see as yet obviously we've got all our friendlies and and Kike Sanchez Flores will have his way of playing and they'll they'll go through the tactics of coaching etc etc as we know but when it comes to that first competitive game of the season that's his first go uh seeing how we're going to play in a competitive fixture and we need to be ready from the off we can't afford to have any sort of to lose points that where we we've got opportunities to win because we have at the start of the season yeah, we got some very winnable games and if we're not clicking then that can make the big difference between it being a successful season for us and, and a disaster that is the big gamble because obviously Flores has got great pedigree the reason they brought him in is obvious because he's got big game experience he's got big league experience but what, what Jason says is absolutely right the first chance he gets 
is the, the, is the is the real go and the fixture list has fallen kindly for us but if we don't get points early on it all of a sudden looks very very difficult very quickly so it is a gamble you can see why they've done it um, and it's possibly why I think I'm right in saying that no team that's been promoted hasn't gone into that that's the next season with the same manager into the Premier League they've always I think it's a first uh, and there's, there's there's a reason for that I guess but again they know what they do. They seem to know what they're doing. It is a gamble, but we, we, we'll, we'll wait and see. You, you keep saying that phrase, Mike. They seem to know what they're doing. They seem to know what they're doing. And I agree with you. But I want to talk about when you don't say that. We've gone through five managers in ten months. Everyone outside the Watford bubble thinks we're loons. What kind of football club are they running? We know the subtle nuances of our football club. They don't. So stay out of it. But at what point, if I ask you the question, do you trust the Pozzos? When will the answer be no? What will they have to do? It's a difficult one and because at the moment everything is so positive. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's even more difficult because they're starting from such a low point. You know, the ground was dilapidated. The finances were absolutely on, the, on their backside. The team was, was threadbare. So almost anything they do that is positive is going to look, be magnified. And everyone's sort of feeling super, super excited because not only is the club still in existence, but we're now in the Premier League and we're in with a tilt. So it's very difficult to think. It's like when you start off going out with a new girlfriend. Yeah. You want to see her every day. You want to hear her voice every minute. Um, when am I seeing her again? You can't ever imagine wanting to be apart. But six months is, on, isn't there a point when you're six months on where actually you should have ended it? Yeah. Because she kept going on about she was high maintenance and maybe... At what, yeah, what point do we become deluded boyfriends? The, the only thing I worry about with, 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 the, with the current setup is we talk about it being sustainable and that's great and it's sustainable while, while, while Gino Pozzo is at the helm and they're, they're under the stewardship of the family. What happens when they sell it or, or it moves on? Can they manoeuvre Watford into a, into a going concern so that whoever takes it over will be, will be fine? What happens if they go in 10 years' time? Will we slip out of the Premier League if we're still there? That's the only thing I, I worry about at the moment, and um, well, that's a, that's an overarching concern, I suppose. What would it take for me in the next in the in the short term to, to worry about the Potsos? I guess if if they if the players that come in over this over this close season don't perform, then you'd start to ask questions because they're obviously in charge of this this big kitty that we that we get from being in the Premier League. Um, their reputation is... You can't call it a kitty. You can't call £115 million a kitty. I've got a daughter. Everywhere <laughs> I go is Hello Kitty. So, um, you know, treasure chest, whatever you want to call it. Big bank balance. They're in charge of it. And if, if for whatever reason, the players that come in don't, don't hit the ground running or, or this manager doesn't and they make a change and the next manager doesn't, ultimately, you, you, they, these guys are going to be judged with how Watford perform. Um, I think the big thing they've got going for them, apart from the obvious stuff, and it, which is that they've stabilised the club, is is the is the is the player recruitment. It's been it's been pretty good, I think, but now it's the real acid test. And if they if they get it wrong, then then I guess you have to ask questions about whether the recruitment, whether they need to look outside the network, as they call it, or whether need, that's the only thing I think of at the moment. From the rookery end. Uh, it's a lovely sunny day, still here at uh, Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon. No, Wimbledon. Yeah. Wimbledon. Uh, there's a beer festival on. Um, we haven't got in there yet, but I think we should, because I do like a beer festival. It's sunny, but we're going to have a chat now to a guy called Miles Jacobson, uh, who some of you might know. Miles is the studio director at uh, Sport Interactive Games, a live from Watford fan, grew up in Carpenters Park, 
uh, and he has had a massive connection with AFC Wimbledon since they became AFC Wimbledon rather than the old Wimbledon. should point out that despite the, his appearance with that massive beard, he didn't actually grow up in a park. <laughs> That's what we've got to talk to him about. Uh, he's been growing a beard for a while now. He has a massive connection here with, with this club, has a massive connection with, with Watford. He's probably a man, a football fan, who knows a little bit more than, than the average. Uh, but we're going to see how today is, because today, Jason, silverware. There is, the Football Manager Cup. That's right, isn't it? We're going to win it? I'd like to think we stand a good chance. Okay, well, let's see what, uh, what Miles says about how this, this all came about uh, and how uh, his life as a fan of both Watford and a close connection with Wimbledon. Miles, in the footballing world, you're not technically allowed to support two different, two different teams, are you? Is it fair to say that you might break that mould? I support one team, which is Watford. That's who I grew up supporting. Um, I grew up in Carpenters Park, been a season ticket holder at Watford for 30 years. But I have an affinity to AFC Wimbledon just because we've been involved with them since the day after they formed. We heard the story on the radio. There'd been rumours around that time at, at, of Watford being one of the clubs being looked at to move to Milton Keynes and didn't want that happening to my club. So you can't imagine what it'd be like for a club from South London having to move up there. And I'd spoken out about it a bit and we just put our money where our mouth was and gave them a bit of money to, to help them set up, became their sponsor. And now 12 years down the line, it's the longest sponsorship in football. So, you know, I've definitely got a soft spot for them. And when Watford aren't playing, then, then I'm down here at Kings Meadow. We were, we were talking a little bit about the podcast on how quickly things are changing at Watford now. Now we're a Premier League side. Behind the scenes, the, the stadium's getting done up. Players like Daniel Tozer are leaving, which we, which we wouldn't have even considered 12 months ago. It's happening very quickly, and I don't know. And Jonathan Bond left, which was something that um, something that piqued a couple of people's interest. Saying, "Is it difficult now for homegrown players to, to get through at Watford?" So Watford's changing. We're here at Wimbledon today, which, as we know, is is fans run, is supported, but very much still a community club. Can you compare the two? Do you feel that we're losing a bit now at Watford now we're in the Premier League or is it...? The man of the match today for Wimbledon was making his debut today. Akin Fenwood didn't come through the youth team at Wimbledon, but he's still a hero. You know, they've got a decent youth set up here and there will be some players coming through. But if you look at who came on for Watford, you know, Denon Lewis came on today who signed his first pro deal earlier this week. I think there is still room for players to come through. I, you know, I really like... Bondi, he's, um, he's a lovely bloke, but he wants to get regular first-team football. You can't begrudge him that. And is he going to get regular first-team football this season at Watford with, with Gomez there? Probably not. So with Toja, he, he was on loan. You know, the guy's on loan. His parent company doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Who knows what's going on behind the scenes there with the financial side of things? Because... I personally doubt, I don't know this for sure, but I doubt we were covering 100% of his salary when he was on loan. Maybe he wanted us to and we didn't, you know, that's pure speculation. But we have got some other players coming in, but we've always had other players coming in. And I, I think people sometimes have rose-tinted specs about this stuff. Yes, we had an era that we were playing a lot of players that were coming through the youth team, but we didn't have any money to be able to buy anyone else and bring anyone else in and a lot of those players aren't still playing pro football because they weren't good enough so I think we've got to give a lot of credit to not just the Pozzo family who have saved our football club because people 
a lot of people don't know how bad it was, how many winding up orders there were in, in the run into them taking over. So, Mars, how bad was it? It, it? it was bad. I mean, you know, the winding up order thing isn't a joke. They happened. They've managed to keep them out of the press. But, but they happened. And I, I've been quoted in the press before as saying I used to worry every season in closed season about whether I was going to have a club to support the next season and it really was that bad for a few years you because you, you, that's the unique position you've been as a football fan we've been in our podcast for five seasons and we purposely not try to be this thing where we know what's going on there and on the inside we'd go nuts I think trying to keep up with that um, but you've got to know a little bit more about what's what goes on does that does it ruin things a bit for you it makes it a bit harder when I'm sitting there singing and stuff because you know yeah I do know some stuff that's going on behind the scenes but this this pre-season I've actually deliberately not spoken to certain friends at the club I last pre-season I was out for drinks quite regularly um, with some of the people this season just leaving them alone because I want to be surprised like everyone else and how amazing was it that um, Barami was sitting two rows in front of me today I mean at a game what a great signing what Gino's done is fantastic, but it's not just Gino. Um, Scott Duxbury's done a great job as well. Um, Alan McTavish on the commercial side, the club's more commercially savvy than ever. Richard Walker is doing a brilliant job. It's really exciting, and we should be embracing it. And we've got, look at the squad. Yeah. You know, the squad's amazing. But we definitely have a chance of players coming through, otherwise they wouldn't be giving... Who gives young players three-year deals? They get one-year deals. Denner's just got three-year deal, and he's not the only one here. It's why we've gone for Category 2 as well. So we've got an under-21 team to be able to bring them through better rather than having to rely on loaning them out to the same clubs and seeing the same progression and seeing the players eventually join those clubs. So we should all be really excited because our little football club, our little Mm. provincial football club, are batting massively above their weight. And we're staying up. It, now, you sound very positive, Miles. Is there a, a little part of you that wants Watford to lose quite quickly for a certain reason? <laughs> well, I, I did ask the Premier League if we could have Chelsea away first game of the season. So, yeah, my, my beard will hope. Well, it's got to go at some point. I'm, I'm thinking at the moment possibly Man City. I think we'll do all right first few games. But then someone pointed out earlier that um, Man City haven't beaten us in the league. Um, so, or not in the Premier League, apparently. So, so you, but, the, but the thing is, you haven't had, you didn't shaved since, since when? Since we lost to Ipswich. So I was in, um, I was in Korea. I go to Asia quite a lot for business. I was in Korea listening to to Johnny Marks um, on Hornet Player that game, and and we lost. And I had a shave because I had a flight the next morning, and then I didn't shave for the next week because I had jet lag. I went to the game on Saturday and on the next weekend and we won and someone jokingly said lucky beard so it stayed and then it was meant to go when we got promoted that was the original deal but our certain club captain who's someone that I would uh, not argue with ever decided that it was we were still unbeaten so therefore I had to stay until we lost a competitive game so now trying to raise some money for the uh, community trust which is going all right we should raise a couple of grand before it goes off which is good but, um, people donate to that, Miles? Uh, just go to justgiving.com um, slash miles-jacobson and the details are all there. But going to be a bit annoying when it gets really hot. Are you going to miss it? 
<laughs> like a hole in the head. <laughs> Seriously, I've, I've always got a little bit of stuff there. Otherwise, I look about twelve because I'm only short for like for those who haven't seen me in the flesh. But um, but no, it's it's hideous. It's there, absolutely there, horrible. There are rumours circulating that Luke O'Neill's actually hiding out in there. He, <laughs> he, he could be. My girlfriend started hiding skittles in there. <laughs> Which she'll she'll just accidentally put skittles in there and then reach in later. Middle on. of the night, I'm a bit hungry. Get a skittle yeah. out. Yeah. Exactly. Which um yeah, it's not great. Right, just to wrap up then, Watford fan, you know everything. You've been sporting the club through thick and thin. You've seen it all. You know it all. We're staying up, right? Yeah, I think I, I predicted a few weeks ago, fifteenth. It could be higher, you know. The, the thing is, there's a put lot. Your mouth. Put, put your money in your mouth. There's, 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 give us a number. There's a lot of clubs buying players at the moment which is kind of teetering us I'll, I'll stick with 15th I think we'd all be happy with 15th right? happy. for this season so so yeah 15th do not scratch your ears you're listening to From the Rookery End so it's uh, how long have we been going boys 35 minutes yeah. into uh, Watford's pre-season game away at uh, AFC Wimbledon it is currently 1-0 to Wimbledon after their Penalty, which wasn't a penalty. No way, Jose was it, Mike? Never. Any penalty against Watford is always highly dubious at best. <laughs> Mike, you, you got a mouthful there. What are, you, what are you eating there? There's two burgers, a load of cheese, some bacon, and a sort of bap. You know when you see supermodels wearing bikinis that are far too small for their. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Well, this this bap is too small for this burger, but it's very nice. Is that the uh, Akin Femwa burger? Yeah. I don't know why we started this league with you tweeting burgers, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it. Um, uh, we are had a quite an active summer at Watford, but a bit more than usual. Some fans may say not uh, the new players, not so many, but we've seen a couple here already today. Uh, Mike, who are you liking the look of? Pred looked absolutely every bit the um, the Premier League defender. He's big, um, calm, composed, uh, imposing. Um, he looks like he knows uh, knows what he's doing. Oh, oh. oh. as we speak. There we go, from the rookery and strikes again. There is always a thing. We we, we record links, we (laughs) score goals. And that can only, that's got to be the best. That's amazing, Jason. That that was, that's goal of the season sorted out already, isn't it? I think Odion Igalo, I'm not sure it was quite off his arse. It might have been been his back, I think, yeah. Scored Uh, off his back. Keeper can't be happy with that, can he? Oh, dear. So, yeah, it's gone to clear it, and it's just cannoned right into the the backside of... uh, Igalo and uh, loops into the net, one all. Easy as that. Easy as that. On we go. Um, so the old boys are doing all right. The strikers. Uh, Jace, uh, what do you think of Capoue? Uh, Capoue? Uh, um, early days. Um, looks comfortable on the ball. I think he's getting a lot of space playing where he is in this game at the moment. So maybe a bit hard to to judge him he, uh, he has looked like he's been caught in possession a couple of times and it's something that I think it was re- I'm not one to take uh, what Harry Redknapp says is gospel but he did, he did say that he wondered whether the issues he had at Tottenham were him not coming up to speed with the game and you know it's a pre-season friendly everyone's it's sort of half pace and it's red hot and no one wants to get injured so on and so forth we all know the deal but he has looked a little bit uh, like he's been surprised to have the ball nicked off him a couple of times but Again, in the, very much in the style of Pearlie. Looks very stylish, very mm. composed, very happy on the ball. And um, at this stage, you can only be happy with adding yeah, that sort I, of experience to the squad. I think uh, it will be very different playing against Premier League opposition. I wonder if he does play in that sort of holding midfield position, will he get more more time in the ball playing against Premier League sides? It depends whether teams want to play, go with Barcelona on us and, and put us under pressure early doors. 
or, or not. <laughs> if, he's, if he's got time on the ball, and when he's got time on the ball, he looks like he's got the ability to, to play a good pass. We were, well, oh, hang on. We got a rowdy. Oh, here we go. Go on, Fernando. Greedy, Fernando. Greedy. Question, the big question is, how many games of football Fernando Forestieri play in the Premier League? Two league cup ties. Two league cup ties, so none in the Premier League. There's a couple of players here that you do wonder, uh, you know, whether they're playing for their places or whether they're almost holding positions in as much as uh, Poodle's in at left-back. Doing a good job, actually, to be fair. He's, he's showing the ball, he's breaking nice and quickly, which has taken Wimbledon by surprise a couple of times. But you do wonder with... Um, with the man from Roma coming in, whether we're going to see much of, of, of Pudo again. And, and similarly, Forestieri, we spoke to Troy Deeney towards the end of the season and he spoke of his frustration about, about Fernando. And you do wonder whether time has run out for him, um, you know, whether he's going to be given that berth in the, in the Premier League or not. It'd be, be fascinating to see. But should have done better there again. Another, another his career in the microcosm there, he broke through... Um, queuing up in the, in, the, in the edge of the box to take a shot and, and he decided to take it on himself so uh, he's not he's not coming up with the right not right answers to the question so far no right so let's talk about the other things that have been going on firstly we were here in the lovely sunshine yellow always looks better in the sunshine close there for Wimbledon yellow always looks better in the sunshine Watford's new kit Mike yes or no it's a big yes from me yeah really like it yeah um yeah, I didn't, they look the part, don't they? Um, Have you bought one for uh, your young son Arlo yet? Of course, yeah. He's on to his second already because he eats every meal wearing his uh, Watford kit. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've got one. I like it. I think it's, it's nice and stylish. It's one that you spend something a bit different. Um, ultimately, it'll look... Uh, the more points we get, the better it'll look, won't it? Absolutely. And it's uh, the first kit that we've ever had that actually makes us look a little bit like a hornet the, the big thing Jason that we're coming out of the club let's say off, off pitch sort of around the pitch let's call it is uh, all the new seats another thousand extra seats 700 come in or over a thousand uh, 700 in that little bit between where the Elton John stand finished and the ground uh, plus in the northeast corner we're getting that uh, that's going to only be a good thing for atmosphere surely absolutely yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a geek and I, and I do get excited when we do bits of the stadium and, and I actually have to drive past it uh, on my way to work and back every day. So I always try and have a little sneaky peek at what's going on as I drive past. Uh, no traffic accidents caused so far, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know we saw that no, no, yeah, the stadium. Gorping, who knows? Police might be uh, looking out for me. Yeah, and we saw, we saw how quickly the, uh, the season tickets are on offer got snapped up. Um, so it, it makes sense to, uh, to expand where we can and, and the, the Potsos and the club said all along that when they built the uh, Sir Elton John stand that it was going to be, be built with the potential to expand in mind. Um, well, one event I went to, uh, Glyn, uh, who is the head of operations, I don't think he meant it exactly that way, but it was it's a big Meccano set basically so you can add and, and, and do things to it quite easily without uh, and expand it without doing too much infrastructure work. Uh, so that's going to be good. Uh, we've also got a, a new larger Hornet shop. More stuff are you to buy for Arlo? Yeah, wonderful, yeah. More ways for my uh, pay packet to disappear before it's hit my account. Yeah, I mean, look, these are all things that are just indicative of where we're at now. And it kind of, I think it is important to talk about them because we don't want to take this sort of... Almost, you, 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 there is a danger of taking this sort of stuff for granted. Right, we're Premier League, we need a bigger shop, we need a bit more stands, we need bigger... bigger more hospitality. Yeah, this, that and the other. ICT infrastructure. It's all stuff. Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye, not out. It's just great to see it happening, isn't it? It's just... For, 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 to the average supporter, talking about a new bigger shop and, 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 and a thousand extra fan uh, seats might feel a little bit um, insignificant, but it, but it absolutely isn't because it's just a real 
demonstration of, of how far we've come, how quickly, and it's every way, everything that we're talking about is, is exciting. We're just moving towards being the, being the club that we want, want to be. The big thing I think for me, Jason, is um, last time we went up, we had a, uh, a lot of money came in, not as much, but we had comparative a lot of money last in the Premier League, and the, 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 fr- the lovely phrase that uh, was used but uh, never seen through was ring fencing of funds, and we haven't seen that, the exact opposite. No, absolutely. They, they, before I start talking about that, I'd just like to point out you said ICT infrastructure, and as an IT professional, I, I don't think the C was, ne- was necessary. I want to add that because I'm a teacher. Because I'm a teacher. Exactly, and that's, that's what we exactly call it, what it was ICT. Be. You call it ICT, IT. I call it IT. IT infrustructure would have sufficed. I feel I better. It, I call it Pooters. Pooters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it in defence? Yeah. Nordin Pooters. Oh, like, right, without going too far off topic, when we talk about routers at work, we refer to them as Nordin Wooters. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel we're straying too far from the subject now. So, uh, so back to the, uh, the non-ring fencing of money. They're not ring fencing it, and they are spending money where they see fit. Uh, and again, we can talk about the Pozzos and their experience, years of experience of working in football and knowing what they're doing and us having trust in them. And yeah, they will spend the money where they see fit. And be that on the on the pitch, on the squad, or in the stadium, or on infrastructure. I think it's important to say that a lot of what we've talked about is actually a requirement, is a Premier League requirement. And but, it, but it's a requirement, but it's stuff that will stay around. Yeah, but what, what, what the good the good thing about it is is that we can now. Come on, oh, <laughs> I got a microphone in my hands. Just let you know what happened there. The ball came across. Mooney actually got a touch of the uh, of the of the match ball. I've heard his third touch is really good. <laughs> it couldn't work out if you'd been a goalkeeper or a centre back. He tried to catch it, dropped it, and then sort of. Oh, I had to catch it, but I've got an iPhone and a microphone in my hand, so I couldn't catch it. But I mean, what the, the good to what I was saying before your uh, amazing little bit of ball juggling there, John, was that this stuff is. I got the skills to pay the bills. Yeah, I'm glad no, you're not paying no, my you bills. <laughs> Yeah, I'm flabbergasted by your lack of lack of ability there. I mean, dreadful. But this, this stuff has to be done. But what's nice is that we don't have to worry about right. You know, that's going to be a million quid on extra seats, a million quid on on the new media facilities, uh, a million quid on this and that. That's going to be into our player budget. We know that those things um, are going to be a given. We're not going to have to worry about a budget, so to speak. Um, obviously, there's there's an amount of money to spend, but we've done the hard bit of getting into the Premier League. We're going to do these bits and and. They, they, <laughs> Can't, I hate, I'm really nervous about using the word competitive, but that's what Flores said in his first, in his first, um, in his first press conference. And, it, and that's the word that really leapt out at me because I was speaking to someone in the queue at the bar here, and they said, one guy said we're going to need a miracle to stay up. One guy said, you know, we'll have a party if we if we finish in 17th. And I kind of agree with, you know, 17th is, is absolutely fine because this year is is important for just staying up. But it's not our aim. I think before the other times we went up, our aim would have been 17th. That isn't our aim this year, is it? It is. It absolutely is. But it's not our like our one and but only. It isn't the glass ceiling. It isn't the limit of our yeah. ambition. Um, we have, and, that, and that's the beauty of it. And that's what's so exciting about doing all this, all this peripheral stuff. It was stuff that will. It shapes the club. It is the club, regardless. So when we go in, back into the championship at any stage, that stuff will stay, and we will have a ground, facilities to be proud of. And and that's already something that is that is great about this about this adventure. Uh, for the Forest area there with another chance to square it and the, and he fluffed his chances uh, Egalo and Matty looking a little bit uh, displeased but so 
uh, yeah, it's, it's just great to see this stuff happening. Great to see it happening for the right reasons and great to see it happening knowing that it doesn't have any impact on, on what we can do on the, on the playing side of things as well. It's just a, it's indicative of, of what a good situation we're in. It's, like I said, it sounds geeky to talk about it, but it's just, it's just great. From the rookery end. Things have changed since last time we were on. 2-1 to Watford. Yep, 2-1. Can't remember who scored the goal, though. Forsieri. Oh, yeah. He bundled it in after. Yeah. Everyone else did all the work, and he just sort of ran into it and he scored a goal. It's been uh, it's been much better second half, I think, from Watford, getting a bit of joy down the flanks. And, uh... Actually, yeah, and you're definitely improving from Anya's second half. He was a worry for me first half, uh, but much improved. Much improved. Um, and it's the team we need to talk about. Jason, We uh, we at the end of the last year's podcast... We said Watford were a fantastic team compared to where they were. They put together uh, an experienced team, uh, a British team, uh, and that team got us promoted. If you were actually, if you were manager of any newly promoted Championship team, how would you succeed in the Premier League? I would I'd play for the back, which is what uh, what we're playing today and what we played at St Albans on Wednesday night. I, I, I definitely think three. Would have been a struggle. I think we would have been horrendously exposed if we'd stuck to, to three at the back. I think most Premier League teams do play four at the back, apart from obviously Man United didn't at the start of last season. Yeah. And we saw how they struggled to get to get to grips with them three playing three at the back in the Premier League. So what we've got today is uh, is probably uh, the kind of formation I think we can expect throughout the season in some form or other. Four at the back and then narrow sort of a narrow setup up front. So you look at it on paper, it's. Uh, Four, two, three, one. There's no natural wingers in there, um, so you're narrow to start with, which means you're you're set up well to defend. You've got a midfield of two and three, so you're quite compact there. Again, good for defending, which is what we're going to have to do a lot of uh, as a newly promoted side in the Premier League. That's the plan, and we said we had a good team, a, a developed team under three years in the Pozzos. What though did we need to add? quality players and I think we haven't finished adding them have we we definitely need a difference we talk about the change in formation going from a back three to a back four uh, so some proper fullbacks uh, hopefully Jose Holobas who we've just seen running up and down the sidelines here warming up anything else just, just quality is it more players yeah obviously you need the quality to stay because that's what the trouble is as we know from earlier on I was talking about how we had to approach it last time and we know a club of the Watford we were cannot throw loads of money in it because there is no guarantee you're going to stay up and then all of a sudden you've got money problems and we've had our fair share of those in the past now we're a bit more uh, settled financially we can invest money in better players in, in quality players and we, we've seen some of them on display here and like we say it's early days so like I say there's no waiting and seeing Jason we have to make those decisions and, <laughs> and make these rash decisions I'm only joking pre-season love it um, but there, there's been a list uh, being put together Mike um, the, the people if you get what for mailing list would have seen it grow and grow and grow and grow and thank you to Matt Rouson for keeping it and adding to it yeah. uh, as of yesterday um, which was Friday the 10th of July uh, it stood at 71 rumours 71 players rumoured to be uh, coming to Watford, of which only four have signed. Only four out of 71. A little bit of maths, that's 5%. Are you sound disappointed that we haven't signed the full 71, John? Well, I'm just saying, 5%. Basically, it's the number of rumours. We don't want to be part of There's 71 rumours and only four come off. That's ridiculous. I heard a rumour. Do we have to? I heard a broken heart. That's an awful lot. 
is it just do you reckon it's just agents trying to get get things going I think so there's a lot of there's a, there's a couple of things isn't there there's either on the, the professional side of things there's players who are, who are looking to move around and, and we all know that the agents play a big part of that they, they leak a story here to the press they leak a story to, to someone here there and everywhere and yeah there is an element of that players want to move there or they want a better deal where, where they are so there's a lot of that and also um, an awful lot gets lost in translation I think we're now a sort of it's a global thing isn't it the transfer market and people are looking for any sort of information they can get especially during the close season when frankly there's not much else to else yeah. to do you you're desperate for any little tidbit and and people tend to seize on it and then if enough people talk about it on on social media or on podcasts like these or, or whatever then pe- it becomes fact very quickly doesn't it and people yeah but we're, people not, we're, really yeah, but we're not we're not talking about the details of who it is no, and what they're and or what seems like there's some people on twitter who must hear a name and spend a couple of hours searching for that player to find a video about them to research them and then they just don't come off yeah which is kind of good I kind of like that because that's the age we're in because it's and why wouldn't you try and find a little bit about because they're not signed yet I'm not going to waste my time when I know he's signed I might spend a bit of time doing right. it so the, the, anyway the answer to your question is a lot of it is is stoked up by various things isn't it fans wanting to know information and perhaps um, finding stuff that isn't actually there um, agents stoking things up and, and then there are the, the, the ones where there's some substance I think what Watford, what seems to have happened to Watford so far this season is that we've been in for a number of relatively high-profile players, um, certainly with decent pedigree, and they haven't signed. Yeah. Uh, and the and the, the verdict being that they've chosen not to after perhaps there'd been a, a deal agreed, a fee agreed, and they've decided not to come. And I think that is is more interesting, and that is more the situation that Watford are going to find themselves in. We need to attract players of a suitable level that are going to keep us in the division but are also willing to take a chance on Watford because it is a big gamble for anyone coming from it might be a Champions League side it might be Serie A you might be at least challenging to get in Europe you might be on better money uh, slightly more you know, might be playing in front of bigger crowds than there will be at Watford they've got to take these guys have got to take a gamble to come to Watford and we've been used to seeing excellent standard championship players there's absolutely no doubt about that the, play, the squad we've had has been too good for the championship I think but now we've somehow got to raise it up a level and persuade these players that this is the place to be um, and that's I think has been the crux of our issue we've, we've, we've made bids that have been accepted and the player ultimately said no so really tricky time and but that, that will come with with with, with us staying up and being a second well, year in there that's, that's going to come that's the huge thing about this season if we can establish ourselves and show that we that if we can do what we hope we're, we're here to do which is not make up the numbers to be competitive then I don't think people will think twice about signing for Watford and that's why this season and in particular the start of it is, is really vital exciting but you know it's quite nervous as well isn't it because you just want us to you want us to do um, as good as we possibly can and, and attract those players and just be settled solid and uh, yeah, stable going forward. Jason, I want to pick up what you brought up about the, about being able to afford players, almost like we can, and the worries you used to have. We broke the club transfer record. We're spending money on players. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because it, it's it, again, it comes down to what we've talked about all the way through this podcast, and it's trust in the pot size, and we trust the pot size to, to invest money in players that are good. They've, they've done it so far. They've invested in players that have got us to, to this level, that have got us promoted. So there's no reason why they can't continue to pick the right players to push us on up through the Premier League and onto who knows where. They, I mean, again, we know they Udinese. They they got them to the Champions League. They invest in players there. They found quality, the likes of Alexi Sanchez. There's another one out there waiting to, to come and play for Watford. And they'll be here soon, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hi, I'm Ketchyanya, and you're listening to from the Recruiting. 
The game's finished. It was a draw. What a game, Mike. It was. It was, it was good. Good to see the, the boys out there resplendent in the new kit. It's always good to see that sort of flashy yellow hit the beautiful green turf. Um, I think a draw, I don't know if it's a fair result, really. Cause let down. Yeah, it was a bit of a let down, <laughs> but, but hey-ho. So we're just going to wait for Herrera Gomez to have a chat to him after the game. Um, while we're doing that, let's have a quick listen to uh, some of the fans, some of our friends that we caught up with today here at Wimbledon. Uh, we've been saying what we're looking forward to, but what are they looking forward to? And then we'll have a chat to Herrera. I'm looking to see, we look forward to see what for playing in the Premier League against all the big teams, picking up points, causing a few surprises, seeing how we adapt. I've actually got more confidence this season than other years have gone up because we're more prepared for it. I mean, we're dropping £6 million left, right and centre <laughs> rather than scrabbling around for uh, free transfers and people who aren't, you know, as good or, or on the way down. So we're we're buying players who are on the way up. Yeah, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing us stay up. Paul from Denver over for the game. Where, what are you looking forward to this season? Well, survival will be the uh, first objective, I would think. Okay. But uh, looking forward a, to that. Yeah, I, I think we can all anticipate that eagerly. From a personal perspective, obviously, uh, thanks to the NBC contract in North America, I will be able to see every game as long as I'm prepared to get up uh, for 5:30 a.m. starts. So, uh, so I'll be seeing more of the Orns this year than uh, than I have in the last last couple. I think. I'm looking forward to hearing Zed cars in the first match of the season, <laughs> even though it won't be at the home of football. It'll be in Goodison, at uh, Goodison Park. I'm looking forward to going there. And then I think that'll be the moment that you first sinks in that we're really in the Premier League. Jack, what are you looking forward to? The last five minutes on the train as we're pulling into Liverpool and the excitement, the blissful optimism that we all have, <laughs> we all share, that happens every season but it feels like it's a lot more charged now and just the unknown of what's going to happen. I don't think anybody quite realises what's going to happen but we're all in it together and it's going to be that kind of excited moment that I'm, I can't wait, I'm counting down the days already. I'm looking forward to being in the Premiership with some disposable income because the last time we were, I was a student and I didn't make it to any away games and barely made it to many home games. So this year, I am well up for the whole lot. Hooray, we just finished the game. Did you enjoy your time out there? Yeah, of course, we have to. Yeah, it's our preparation for a big season for us. And uh, you have to enjoy, you have to, all the time that we come to the pitch is our work. and. Uh, we have to show our best all the time. Of course, it's too early to take some uh, questions about uh, our team, but uh, we have to improve every game. And uh, it was uh, one more enjoyable game, of course. You've, you've played in the Premier League before, of course. And we've got a lot of uh, players in the squad who haven't. So if you give them one bit of advice, one, one little nugget, what they can expect from the Premier League, what, yeah. what could you say? Uh, the intense of the game, uh, I believe, is... Uh, yeah, championship last season was very, was very intensive because uh, everybody was looking for us, you know, because we, uh, I believe we, we were one of the target. But uh, in the end of the game in the Premier League, uh, it's 90, 95 minutes all the time, up and down. And you cannot uh, take a time to breathe sometimes. You said, you said a bit better about us being like uh, high on the, you know, on the radar of all the other teams. We could be under the radar this year. Do you think we could? Do you think we'll, we could sort of just... Surprise do our thing. I, be, I believe uh, the way we play, I believe we can surprise. We, uh, we have got a manager uh, that knows the football, that uh, wants to play. We have uh, players with very high ability, you know, and uh, quality. And uh, of course, there's uh, new players coming in and they need uh, to adapt on it as soon as possible as well. Yeah, we have a possibility to surprise and that's why 
I I bet on it when I first come here because the organization uh, organization of the club, uh, what the, the 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 club wants for the futures as well, is very good to be part of uh, of this time of Watford. We've seen in the in the newspapers, and it might not be true that that we've had sort of uh, the, the Gino's been bidding for players and perhaps there's been offers accepted for players, but they they've turned the move down. Do th- what do you think people outside, do you think Watford are putting themselves on the map or do you think it's hard to, to persuade people to come to Watford? No, it's easy to, because uh, Premier League, uh, <laughs> I believe that everybody wants to, to, to play in the Premier League. But the Gino is very, he's very, uh, uh, not just one to sign a players. He wants to sign a players that wants to play for Watford Football Club. Not because it's a Premier League club. Or because we are almost in London to live. That's why sometimes he's, he's take care about about that. He probably go and speak to the player and see what he wants. If uh, he really wants to play for Watford, I believe that is the most important thing for us to make a very good squad, like we did last season. Uh, we get promoted was many reasons: the organization outside, the funds, everything. But uh, the players wanted. And uh, we will, we need to want this season as well the same thing. I believe we we need to stabilize on on the Premier League, and uh, I, I believe this is uh, our time. We've talked about players coming in. Obviously, Jonathan Bond has left the club recently, uh, trying to find first-team football. How difficult is it being a second-choice goalkeeper? Uh, unfortunately, good guy, great guy, great goalkeeper, but uh, he needs to play. He's a young, uh, talent goalkeeper. At the total, at the end of of uh, I sat on the bench. It's it's not easy. It's not easy because you know that you have the quality to play, uh, but you have to respect respect also the, the the goalkeeper that is is in the pitch all the time. It's not easy for for a goalkeeper to play because it's uh, he almost don't have a, chan- a chance to play during the season. You know, it's uh, just a few games for the second goalkeeper. I believe it was a great opportunity for him as well to 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 play. I spent some time in, in Brazil last year for the, for the World Cup, which was amazing, but the thing I picked up is that Brazilian supporters love football. What's it like playing for Brazil? <laughs> uh, it was an amazing time when I, you know, I want to play again, to be, uh, to be honest. And uh, I believe uh, playing in Premier League now is much easier for, for the manager to pick. Amazing feeling. Uh, I've been part of uh, one of the best, uh, the best teams, 2002, 2006. Uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos, Cafu, and uh, uh, just picked an amazing five-a-side <laughs> team there. <laughs> it was great to be part of it, you know. And the people there love football. Fortunately, we are not in good shape at the moment, but we have everything to be there again, you know, because we have a quality. But uh, our mentality has to change a little bit. I believe we need to pick a, to pick up a, sometimes an English mentality, European mentality to put on a. Brazil football. We, we talked about you playing for Brazil. There's a lot of nationalities in the Watford dressing room now. Everything knitting together nicely as we get closer to the season. Yeah, we, we still, it's still it's still a few weeks to go, but uh, yeah, we need to settle on it quickly. You know, we need to to make here as a strong group, strong squad. Uh, our mentality has to be very strong, and uh, of course, uh, in the dressing room, you, you need to be. To be together as well, because I believe the Jersey can win things, you know. And uh, when you see players that uh, is going away, you have to pull him back. Is that know, part and, of your job? And and put on the, on the group again. Of course, I'm one of the the the, the experienced player on the on the group, and I have to do it. But uh, 
is a uh, plenty of players there with uh, with uh, this uh, responsibility as well because uh, uh, we need uh, we need to stick together in any situation and uh, when the group are together it's easy you know when the, the players uh, uh, see our 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 targets and uh, everyone uh, uh, goes to the right way i believe this is the the most important thing for 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 us to reach what we want for this season and we want to to finish as high as possible in the premier league did you have a good summer yeah it was great it was great <laughs> <laughs> great summer but the thing is when you have that amount of time off you have like about five six weeks off um, did, you, did you have a list of things you had to do around the house but you spent too much time flying around the world going to the Grand Canyon yeah, yeah I, did. I think you, did, you missed out doing that you should have done over the over the break no I done I done most of the things that I <laughs> wanted to be fair to be honest with you but uh, of course uh, this is was time because the season was so so difficult emotional as well you know I, I for many people it's just a job but for me it was a uh, uh, more than uh, responsibility, for, you know, to take a part of uh, of uh, of this ambition. You know, uh, when I sat down with Gino to to make my contract, the most important thing is to hear from him. I want you to help us, and uh, for me, from that time on, it was so stressful because you you get uh, more responsibility on that. And I said yes when I say yes. It's uh, I'm going for it, you know, and uh, uh, I believe uh, it was a stressful season. That's why I took a little bit more time to spend with uh, my wife and my, my kids, of course, and I travel a lot around the world. <laughs> it's interesting you say that, and that's good to hear, I think, from supporters. We're, we're a supporters podcast to hear that you emotionally you take it very seriously. And but that was a stressful season, right? Was that was there more pressure perhaps last year than you, than you felt ever before in your career and, and how did the other guys deal with it because it was so tight up there at the top yeah uh, uh, of course because I, I'm on the game for, for a long time it's easy for me to do with the pressure you know but uh, uh, even that uh, the guys did great uh, the other players as well of course but I have to have more responsibility I believe because I'm uh, one of the experienced players, and I, I played in uh, in there already, and I I needed to sometimes to think, even if I'm not agreed, to think uh, the, in the same way I uh, the most of the player was thinking. You know, I cannot just step uh, up and say, "Oh, I played there, I want to be there." Of course, I want to be there, but I, I need to play here again, and then I need to step back and uh, and uh, start again. And uh, of course, for me, it was uh, was more stressful because of this. Uh, my responsibility, I believe, was more uh, than the others. You know, of course, Troy Dino is one of the leaders. Uh, I believe that uh, we divide that uh, very well be- between us. But uh, I felt on that time that I needed to 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 back up every everybody in, uh, on the field. So to to wrap up, your favourite moment from last year and what you're looking forward to most about this season. Of course, my favourite moment was uh, uh, our last game away from home. When uh, when I was away, way back from uh, from there, and uh, yeah, we had the news that uh, we get promoted. I believe that uh, was the, the most important moment for us. What I want to achieve here is uh, to help the club uh, to be uh, uh, high as possible, and I believe we have everything to to compete. Premier League has uh, everything knows it's not easy but if you do the right things we can surprise people.
a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Uh, pre-season friendly, two done, many more to come. Premier League's on its way. From the return a bit more excited. Sorry. Oh, I feel like I've caught the sun quite a lot. I've been drained. We're in. We're on the terrace that, side. Be, be here, John. Well, be it's, it's, very, it's an interesting point because Miles did say that it was going to go to penalties, but they called it off because um, it's too hot. Yeah, it was very, very hot. We decided to sit on the terrace side, uh, to stand on the terrace side of the, of the Watford fans, but not underneath the shelter. That was a bad idea. Um, we might have many sunny days uh, like this, but hopefully we'll have sunny days in terms of the footballing ability. Metaphorical. This year. Metaphorical, <laughs> yeah, sunny days. If not meteorological. Yeah, I'm not going to get predictions from you. We all, want to, we all want to start. We all want to do a little bit more than that. We're doing everything that we can do, aren't we, at the moment? Yeah. Let's be honest, everything is looking as good as it possibly can. We've got um, international calibre players coming in. We've just spoken to Aurelio Gomez, who he's very, very clear about his aspirations. He's not he's not treading water, um, and he made it very clear that, that, that the changing room wants to, wants, to, wants to go on. And I think what was great about what he says was the sort of players that we're bringing in are only people who are going to sign up fully. To the, to the Watford way. Yeah, really encouraging. Um, yeah, we've just got to wait and see. But it's just, I can't wait, really can't wait. You've got to wait, but you can't wait. I know, like a kid at Christmas. <laughs> Jason, only November. Jason, uh, who, what's going to be, I'm going to make do a prediction, I'll be saying it all the time, but I want a serious one now, not a silly one, me mucking around. What will be our big scalp this year? Who will be our big who scalp this year? Who will be our big scalp? Liverpool. Is that big enough for you? They're fairly big. I just think it's obviously the weather, of course, I was going to say Brendan Rodgers will be in town and, and it just adds a little bit to the story, doesn't it? Of course, that's dependent on him still being <laughs> a Liverpool manager when they do come and play us at uh, Vicarage Road. Um, yeah, I think they're going to, they'll be a bit wobbly. They'll be there for the taking, I reckon. There it is. You can have it. Go down the bookies now. Watford to beat Liverpool. <laughs> it's going to be a good season, Mike. Oh, it can't, it can't be anything but. I think there's going to be tough times ahead. Um, but we're well equipped. The the fans are excited. The stadium's taking shape. The team's taking shape. We're in the best league in the world. What's not to love? I want to shout, come on your horns. But they're recording, like professional people down there recording. Yeah, do do. Come on your horns. Yeah, come on your horns. Yeah.